Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. We've got uh, some race car drivers with us. And NASCAR. NASCAR. Yeah. We'll edit that out. Yeah. We'll get it correct the first okay. time. So we've got, um, and I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, Dan McKeish. McKay. McKay. And uh, we've got Greg Emerson. 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 Greg the Owl. Hollywood Dan. Is that right? According to your uh, Facebook? I didn't write that. <laughs> it's on the internet, so. Right. I think Hollywood, I would just be able to show up with my suit and helmet. <laughs> it doesn't quite work yeah. out like that, right? Come on, with a suit and helmet and a bunch of money and all that good stuff. One of those gigantic bottles of champagne. Yeah, right. Anyway, so, uh, to the listeners, have you ever wondered why, you know, amongst all the photos of the powerlifting throughout the years, you know, we've got photos that go all the way back to the 80s, magazine covers that go back there too, and there's a few photos of a race car. Uh, we've got the driver of that NASCAR race car here with us. So thanks for thanks for being here. Um, so the first thing I want to kind of figure out is how did you guys how do you guys know each other? How did how did uh, uh, Naughty Forty Racing and Dynamax become associated? Oh, I thought you meant those two. Well, James is his brother. Who you know him? Yes. Damn. They're, they're it's his brother. So I I'm kind of curious about race car racing. The power interests me. It's so powerful. Yeah, and the, even the sound of them. So it's James. He said I could, you know, go out in the pits if you want. And then one thing led to another. I met Dan, met Greg, and I started giving them a little bit of sponsor. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have the trunk or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I'm their biggest pain in the neck. Now I hang around every Saturday night in the in the pit with them. They probably say, "Oh, brother, here, here he comes, comes again." <laughs> oh, we love it. All going along. So that's the connection there. Gotcha. So it's yeah. just through. Um, Jamesy, James. and Pam. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. My brother James has been into lifting, lifting since I was, geez, I think I was in junior high when yeah. he started. Yeah, probably when you get into racing. Yeah, not too, not too far from that. Yeah. Right? So before the podcast, we were talking, and you said you started racing when you were about sixteen. Sixteen is when I started racing at the track. Officially, but you yeah. were doing, you were um, racing in the fields. I think I started in the sixth grade in Buxton, and then backyard we had my dad had a big uh, track plowed mm-hmm. and with uh, cousins and brothers and because your dad races as well is that correct races, uh, yeah so that was obviously where the interest was sparked yeah well we was we was race fans before he started racing really and then he got the bug through spectator drag racing and then he did some enduro, Beach did some enduro racing and then I think uh, early 90s he was 38 years old when he started racing, but he's he's still at it now. No kidding. Yeah. Is he still racing for, is it still, is it NASCAR? It's uh, NASCAR Weekly Racing Series. He runs in the Wildcat division. Okay. Right now. Yeah. 
Is there, uh, is, is obviously there's younger age divisions or older age divisions as well? Is that what the Wildcat is? Or? Uh, no, no. It's, uh, they have a WizKid division and it goes, I think, until you're 15 years old, like 10 to 15. Yeah. And then you're 16 years old and with the permit you can race on Saturday nights. And then you can run a super late model in my division at 16 if you're crazy enough to do that. It's about how much money you want to spend. Okay. You can pretty so, much do anything. Wow. We can run the gamut, okay? So they have the Whiz Kids, which they're, what, 8 to 15 is the kids, and it's basically a little four-cylinder car. They regulate how fast they can go mm-hmm. uh, with a governor and whatnot. Uh, then there's the whole Thursday night, which is a stepping... It's a nice stepping stone for people who want to get interested in it, and that is has its own... There's four different divisions in that. And then on Saturday night, there's three main divisions, which... Well, actually four now because they just started a new one called the Street Devils, which is a four-cylinder division. Uh, but then there's the Wildcats, the Sport Series, and then the Pro Series, which the Pro Series is what you would normally be called the super late model okay. in, in racing circles. And a Wildcat would be maybe called a street stock. So there's like it's it's like three different divisions. It's like... 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. Gotcha. So that's gotcha. About These guys are pro series. Yeah. Okay. That was 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now it's. Yeah. I was going to say, that number seems pretty low. Yeah. So here's another tie in, okay? Yeah. You're just getting into this, but you're a power lifter. Yep. You pump everything you have into this. We all do. I've been out there now for five or six years, I don't know how long, in the pits. They pump everything they got into this. The same as us. It's, it's what they're doing. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Racing. Lifting. Just a different passion. Just a different passion. I see. I, it's so connected that it's, it it grabbed me when I get out there. Right. And what's cooler than lifting heavy ass weights and, and then watching these guys? Like I have a heavy workout and then go out there Saturday night. I think you're probably having. You probably feel pretty damn good. Feel real there. good. The coolest <laughs> thing is that like, I mean, Greg and I have been friends since high school, mm-hmm. and even away from racing. And then he, you know, he was at the track. I was at the track, and then. You know, one thing went to another, and then we were at the track together hanging out. But every weekend, you, I hang around, you know, my best friends. And, and get to do what you we love. hang out working on race cars and going fast and smelling racing fuel. And Does sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> we're smelling chalk and we're smelling yeah. liniment. Yeah. It's <laughs> the same thing, I'm telling you. It's, it's, yeah. it, it, that's how it got me. Except I can go out there and relax, and nobody knows me. They don't. Nobody's asking me how to get their bench up or when you yeah. get to the gym. <laughs> Yeah. The only thing I get to do is maybe sometimes let me push the car. That's about it. <laughs> so, that's a nice way for you to disconnect as well. Correct. That's awesome. So that's why I'm, I'm loving it. So one thing that I'm really curious about, and we really briefly touched on before this, was uh, conditioning for racing. So how long is your longest race? Or how long, or is your average race going to be the same length as your longest one? Or does it vary? Uh, weekly, we usually run 40 lap races, okay. sometimes 50 laps. And this year, I think we have three 70 lap races. But the opener at Oxford is uh, a 150. And then they have the Oxford 250. And uh, a couple of years ago, we had a 300 lap race at, at Beechridge. But... Um, I think in a lot of those races more than, I mean, as well as the physical part is the mental part. Because right. the last time I ran a 300 lap super late model race, I ran a 100 lap uh, sports series race or past sportsman right before that. So I literally ran 400 laps, but I had, and we did practice all week and all that sort of stuff. So I was 
you know, completely drained, but I was trying to prepare myself and my head for, you know, 500 laps, so it seemed like 300 just came. The, on, the only difference between him and I, conditioning-wise, obviously I'm a specimen of you got to face health, the radio. Right. <laughs> but, like, he's in condition, he's conditioned, you know, mm-hmm. and he's racing in the car, so he's, he's uh, sweating out while he's racing. So... You know, he doesn't have to urinate. He doesn't have to, any of that stuff. He's, I was going to ask that question. He's, he's I was kind of waiting. He's sweating out, right? Yeah. But I'm like the, those longer races. I'll go up high in the in the bleachers to spot, and I'll actually sit down. Yeah. Because standing for long, long time, hundred laps isn't bad. You start getting into, you know, three, four hundred lap days. You got to have some place to sit. At of some course. Point. So like, I'll find a good spot if I can, and I'll sit if I can. If I got to stand, I will. But uh, like that time we ran the 100 and then the 300, we literally had eh, maybe like 20 minutes in between. So I had to run, run to down bathroom, and yeah. go pee because I ain't sweating it out. I'm just sitting there. But. He had 20 minutes. I got I came into the pit area and I didn't have time. I, he, he I jumped thought, out of one. I thought I needed to pee. And then they said, no, you got to get on the track right now. So I jumped in one and the other. So, I mean... It was quite a workout that day, and once you get going, you don't even. Yeah. You don't even. Same like when I'm sitting there. That you get it. The concentration level for me is, I don't, I don't know if it gets as high as him, but it's pretty high. Yeah, of course. He's, a, he's got the headphones. You're right. Yeah, they were explaining to me this how what this that he's a spotter and kind of how that works. Yeah. It's crazy that your car doesn't have mirrors on it. That just blows right. my mind. Well, that, that's an optional thing. Right. I find that I have enough to. To worry about, and sometimes they let me wear the thing too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Left. I don't say a word. <laughs> no, I don't say anything. Who is that? Yeah, I would never say a word. So, how long does three hundred laps take approximately? Breechridge is a third of a mile. Third of a mile, yeah. Uh, so you're doing hundred miles. One hundred and fifty lap race is probably an hour and twenty minutes. Okay. I think if everything goes good, twenty minutes. Yeah. It depends, you know, if you have a big pile up and a big crash and it's a lot of cleanup. I mean, you it, gotta it line everybody it up. back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets, but it, if the, if it runs off time wise, it, it should be like right around just a little over an hour for 150 laps. Okay. But so you two hours at 300, you know, obviously. I so. guess we'll find out how long the winner was for a lot of these people when we to run that first race. I, some of these guys have had they just ran last weekend. There was a whole bunch of northerners that ran. Uh, Hickory. Was it Hickory? Yeah, down in North Carolina. We were in North Carolina last weekend. The Pro All-Star Series runs a Southern Tour, a Northern Tour, and then they have combo races, which isn't like a national. So you, you have to be in shape. Uh, right, so, yeah, you got to condition yourself, and I'm yeah. sure you ha- you can't just go from cold turkey to 300 laps either, I'm sure, right? I, I couldn't think. I mean, I'm sure that some of them do, but I mean, and to think that you'd be 100%, after that, I don't think that would be the case for sure. I think yeah, you'd have to be. Think about jumping into a meet. With right. Two weeks of training. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and I'm kind of trying to like find the analogy of is the the training. You know, your your kind of day to day training versus the the event is ultimately what you're training yeah. for. How many days a week are you training, and what does that kind of consist? Well, of? I'm a roofer by trade. Okay. So I like to think that I work hard every day. Yeah. So I never, 
very rarely, if ever, lifted weights mm-hmm. my whole life. I've always been since a young child. I've always been sit-ups, push-ups, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. But never get, yeah, yeah, never get into uh, really working out heavy. And he still does that. I mean, he gets up and he'll do, you know, 40, 50 sit-ups and 40, 50 push-ups most every day. Yeah. The only thing I push up is myself out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the last three weeks I've been, you know, 100 in the morning, 100 at night. And you're working all day physically. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, as far as like, um, it's hard to get ready for that though. Right. Push-ups really don't do nothing for you, but give I'm you sure the that's feel a me- that, and it's, yeah, I'm sure it's, it's a mental it's, thing. Right. It's the discipline. Yeah, it makes you feel stronger. But really, as far as turning the wheel, I think that right. I haven't really found anything that works. You like, it seems like the winner is forever once you get back behind the, the other like the we you know the other thing that's probably a training tool if you will for mental stability or uh concentration is uh online this online racing it's called i racing yeah and it's all simulated stuff and it's very right it's very entailed now compared to what it used to be but it's it's pretty realistic as far as the way stuff goes and he will spend time on that and you know, just mentally play around. The young you know, kids that get into the racing now have spent they've, hundreds of yeah. hours on the simulators and they get behind the wheel like they've been doing. And it carries it. over? Oh, geez, it does. Definitely. These young kids that Because get the, the depth wheel perception and, and their vision and. and just the and reaction the time. Reaction and seeing and it's, it's the same motions. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not necessarily getting the feel under their ass, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're they're getting the, the visual aspect and the. And, it's registering with their mind, you know yeah. what I mean? So between races, you know, so between um, this upcoming weekend in Oxford and your next race in uh, Beechridge, will you right. be running the car? Uh, no. Or no. running any any car, I guess, no. with you driving? And like, no, you guys go through that type of like practice? Uh, when we do the Oxford thing, Saturday is the test session, Sunday is the race. Gotcha. And then okay. the first race at Beechridge, I think it's a Saturday-Sunday event or a Friday-Saturday event. Right. So usually the whole day before. But the weekly deal at Beechridge, we never did get practice. From what I heard this year, they're going to have a practice. Every uh, third every, every third, third week, week that we have the week. week off, they're going to have a practice session. So. Is... Uh, I mean, does it seem like racing is getting more popular and that's why they're starting to do things like that? And I know that they've doubled the amounts of data destructions this year. Well, I know that stuff is extremely popular. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids on my boys' football team, they don't, you know, they've never even seen a super late model. A lot of them didn't even know about, you know, the racetrack that I race at and the ones that did were Car Wars, Day of Destruction, which is right. totally a it's different... It's no, totally it's a different a, deal. It's entertainment. Yes. Right, right. And it's cool and it's fun, but it's just something totally And different. it makes the track money. Of course. Right. Yeah. Lots. I'm sure, right. And that's, which keeps it open for you. Which keeps it exactly. open for us. For us guys. So we have to... We... You have to embrace it because without yeah. that... Even though that it, they might not be, or they think one could muddy the waters a little bit of another, but it's ultimately right. still keeping the, the track smooth and... Yeah. Day of Destructions have, one of the things that they have is uh, the spectator drags. Yeah. And him and his father for years just destroyed in the spectator drags. They just <laughs> it's go, street, col- street car, go collect a check, basically. Yeah. 
But yeah, and, and and it's you know, I think it's five hundred to win any of these events yep. on day of destruction. And you can yeah, five hundred, and then you've got the if your wife drives, they can hop in the same did. vehicle. She did. They had so a ladies for, for like drag. ten years. We won fifteen hundred dollars three times a year because it used to be only three day of destructions, yep. and now there's much more. What did you used to drive? Uh, Caprice. Okay. Old cop cop. No kidding. Yeah. Or the, th the three truck we had, which was in the trucks yep. that we ran. So you would do a lot of fun. Spe male spectator drags, truck drags, and ladies drags. And the and benefit to those for me was I just stood yeah. in the bar and drank beer. The fifth turn? <laughs> yeah. I love that place. <laughs> because I, I, they're in spectator drags. I didn't have to do nothing. Now, but. I mean, it's gotten way more competitive. Before, when we had the Caprice back in the day or the three truck, they had street legal radial tires on and now they've got gumball drag tires and superchargers and I mean all kinds of crazy stuff and this was just there are people know, that are, that are literally building cars just for, for the spectator drag and at Beechridge yeah. that's gotta be ego. well they do them at Oxford well, you, too you can check it out on YouTube anytime mm -hmm. you know you got someone tackling somebody at Oxford oh yeah everybody likes to see all that yeah. cool stuff so there's, there's literally <laughs> But it's good for the track, yeah. I think. Because and I mean, I'm sure, and like you said, that them. was um, it, that breeds future racers too. Right. For, right. for every hundred that do it, there's going to be one that takes it right. hopefully seriously. That's hopefully, hopefully the case. Who was the guy? And if you don't know, if this this is this when I remember going when I was a kid, there was a guy with a right a white Iroc Z that was all beat up that won every time. It was probably my dad, Lyman. Yeah. It was a white IROC Z kind yeah, of beat the, up. The right side of it was beat beat up and it had T tops on it because he got he hit the front stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was just I don't know what, five years ago? Maybe? Six, six, six years. That's six, when I would have yeah. been that's when I would have yeah. been in high school and would have been yeah. going yeah. consistently. Yeah. yeah. And now he since Now we're showing our age compared to you. <laughs> he Oops, since, I gave it he away. Since sold the car but and there was there was another car that was out there beating up on people the last couple of years that just came for, came up for sale and he was saying that he'd like to get back into it a little bit because then he just races a couple times a year and mm -hmm. has a good time. But mm -hmm. the but the Caprice back in the day that we would all go and the whole race team we'd go and shoot pool in it. We had to run racing fuel yeah. in it because if you didn't, the thing would make a awful pinging noise of the engine. Had a big motor. It was cool. We could fit, <laughs> we could fit five guys and go you know, to the pool hall and oh, run, yeah. running on racing fuel. And if we wanted <laughs> if we wanted to goof off a little bit, sometimes we could. Uh, even the three truck for that matter. We, yeah. You know, we could have gotten a lot more trouble than we did, but it was, it was a good time. So I'm sure that there's probably plenty of these, but do you have any kind of that stick out in your mind or just basic. I kind of wanted to just hear your best close call war story, racing story, if you can get into that. Or I don't know if it's whether a close call of a crash or a crash that you walked away from. Um, I don't know if that's something you want to talk about or not. Oh, the crashes haven't seemed to be too bad. I mean, some of these some of these younger guys get out there and they crash every week. But this guy's a good driver. I mean, he's. That's I right. like to try to think that I'm good at avoiding them, but then again, I mean, we race in the top division, and we should be able to get around there without killing each other. Of course. Uh, but 
I mean, there, there was uh, one wreck that I crashed the front and the back of the car, and we worked every day all week long to get it back out there and then to run five laps the next week and it hurt the engine as well so it was actually front of the car back of the car and engine so i mean that was a pretty pretty rough one but we have the safest gear going i mean right. if there's some cool safe gear we have one of the best seats and i wear hans device and i mean we got lajoy knee knockers and a good helmet and i mean you don't really move around that much right now. I mean, without the safety gear that we have, it would be it would be a thousand times more dangerous than it is. Right. What Which so it was 25 years ago. Yeah, or even 15 Like, years it's ago. all been a progressive, and it always gets more and more progressive, and it trickles down from the top tiers, yeah. you know? There's no raw racers. Right. Yeah, 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 everybody's you know what I'm saying? See, we got lifting, there's raw, and there's geared. Yeah. There's no such thing as a raw race driver. Right. Everybody's that that spectator, up. even spectator drag, they got helmets on. Now, right. I mean, oh yeah, they got helmets on, but now the spectator racers, they've actually worked on their cars to try to make them better because they know that a regular street car isn't going to do a whole lot, so they'll go and put race tires on it. They'll do whatever because it pays 500 to win. Right. And it is really cool as hell to have all your... Buddies out there screaming. I'm sure it's ego more than the 500 bucks. And a lot of these guys think they're way better drivers than they really are. And they'll, I mean, these spectator racers all the time, you talk to them, and they have, it's fun to see them go out there and be out of control because it is somewhat of an art form to it. You don't just go out there and just hammer on it and and think that you're going to be successful. And then, you know, they'll have a million different stories. But it's cool that they can get that same perspective because being in the stands is so much different than being on the track. You can go and do something day of destruction and the adrenaline that you get, I mean, you, you, you look down and your legs are shaking, you know, and you're all amped up and just because it's just a adrenaline rush. It, it's, I mean, before the race, it's, you know, it's tense. I'm sure it is. I, I love it. Um, has there ever, have there ever been a any like communications issues that have caused any close calls or anything between the spotter and the driver? Oh yeah, it happens. It happens all the time. I or? get bitched out at least twice a year. Uh oh, but it happens. Inevitable. It's just because I love them though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make them better. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the thing is yeah. up my mind. <laughs> I can say anything I want. <laughs> You get ba- sometimes batteries die and yeah, it's just it's yeah, glitches. which shouldn't happen. Right, mm-hmm. right. I don't. It was it was sometimes was that last glitch. Year? Yes, yes, whatever. Like <laughs> literally tens of thousands of dollars in all of this stuff, and I have no mirrors, so I have to communicate with him. And his battery went dead. I mean, we have really good batteries. You know last what happened? Day. You know what happened in this scenario? <laughs> I'll I'll explain what happened in this scenario. So. My battery, my battery, glitched out or something. Something. It's an the they're electronics, and it's a digital radio. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they glitch. You know stuff. You never know what can happen. So it glitched out. So I lost signal to him. So I'm messing around with it. I'm trying to wave to one of the other guys to jump on. They or just whatever. think he's getting stung by it. Right. Okay. Know, something. A bunch I, who of knows? Bees or something. So here's the knee jerk reaction that happens to the whole scenario. My headset that I had was probably, you know, one of the better ones 
that you can buy mm-hmm. because runs on battery because though. you have to communicate with <laughs> these guys have a row of them in that so but mine the one that I had was at this time last year it was six years old seven years old but it cost me seven hundred dollars when I bought it six years ago Jeez. so they have new ones that have come out in the last three or four years that are dual talk so you can plug two radios in, which I I have three radios on when I'm spotting for him, because I'm li- I'm talking to him with one, I'm listening to myself with another one, so that I know that I'm communicating. That's how I knew I wasn't communicating to him because You're I able could to prove it to yourself. I couldn't hear myself, right. so I'm listening to myself. I do that for a couple of reasons because I know I'm communicating and I know what the tone of my voice is when it goes across. Right. So I'm. I stay level. I don't get all jacked up and, you know, go spend that guy, you know, which you can't you do that. Say, but you're you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't so, a, I don't need a cheerleader like right. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is serious. So, uh, and then I have another one that I listen to race control with. Okay. So I know. Three if, different bands, basically. Yeah, I, I know if they're going to throw a caution or, if, you know, I know when that stuff's going to happen. Yeah. So they have these newer headsets over the last three or four years that they have dual talk so the one that I listen to myself with I could hit the button on the thing and I could also talk on that one Mm -hmm. too if I needed to so I have two buttons instead of just one which I have I never had that I didn't have that option with my old headset so the knee-jerk reaction and the moral of the story is we had a shitstorm last year when that (laughs) happened and I went out and spent $900 on a new headset. <laughs> it extends so, out in your mind. I can really, tell. It would have never even been an issue. But we had been running terrible as can be. And we were going to lock into a decent finish. And we ended up doing a small circle instead of a big one. And Yeah, he and, chopped down across somebody's nose. Yeah. He thought he was clear. And I never cleared him. Yep. Yeah. Because of batteries. Yeah, yeah, it was cause it just because so, it popped out. It's like you're going up for your best squad of your life, and you, where's my belt? Right. Right? Oh, yeah, you got one, one of your D-wraps. And the guy you was know, all you. pumped up for the last and, 30 minutes. You can't find your other D-wrap. Right. That's, you know? Yeah, or on this, you know, for you guys, too, I'm sure it's, if you got a big race, it, it's more, it's weeks out, you're thinking about it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, Months out. Really. So going back to... I've been thinking about it since it ended. Yeah, right. Last September. <laughs> We're kind of going back onto like all the gear, all the safety gear that you wear. Is there something that's kind of like an unexpected super discomfort while you're in there that the average civilian driver wouldn't really think Maybe of? claustrophobic or something? Because uh, with some of these full face helmets, it kind of narrows up your vision. Mm-hmm. With the Hans device that your belts go over, it kind of uh, limits your mobility turning hard right or hard left and the seats they've got a head restraint on both sides of it so you you're stuck yeah probably right. probably one of you the can things. see out of your peripheral but i mean my head hits on both sides of my head support so it's not a lot of turn and it is what you see in front of you but i mean the seats have come so far and we have a molded insert in mine, so it fits, you know, my back. And, and we, we just did that back. last year because he was having issues with, like, the way the seat fits, like, his lower back. He's had back problems from being a roofer, mm-hmm. but uh, where the small of his back would be. Yep. 
there's like there was like a gap in there between the where his back sit and yep. the seat. So you can buy these kits uh, for, and then you pull your own seat insert. It's like basically. a two pot. It's a two foam. pot foam kit. You mix it when you. They say when you mix it together, you got twenty seconds. Well, you got about fifteen. Because it's corn. a small amount of liquid, you right. actually lay a plastic bag in the seat, and the driver sits in the seat and holds your body up a little bit, and then you pour this liquid into that bag, and, and then, then it you expands. sit there, and it expands around you. So when I'm in there, it's totally cocoon for specifically my body, for and I have a, right. and I have a six point harness in this, so I'm you know sucked right back to the yeah, seat. Yeah, in this. Lot Probably a good comparison you for you guys race. is like you put your weight belt on and you cinch it up tight or your knee wraps or something like that. You mm -hmm. have them up tight so you don't get buckled when you're trying to lift the, the weights that you lift. Yep. His six-point harness in the car goes across his hips. It comes up through his crotch area, across his hips, and then uh, two down over his shoulders. And they all interlock in the middle, and it's... You know, you yeah. I guess it's the same sort of. It sucks you right in. You, you, it's got to be tight. Yeah, because just think for your geared lifters that are li listening, your tightest squat suit, the wraps the belt, and it's time to go. Right, the briefs, the suit, everything yeah. straps out. So he's uh, he's there for an hour and a half though. Yeah, and it's, we're, we're pulling our straps down, and getting the knee wraps. You're in there for about I'm a, a drink minute. of water. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be at least a hundred and fifty degrees. I don't know. I stuck my head in there one couple of times over the summer after you got out. It's like an oven. Yeah, right. So you're in there, you know, yeah. you're all strapped in, you're exerting yourself. But, I mean, seriously, there's some old men that do it right now that don't look like they're in great shape. Yeah. But it's a different kind Their of... Their body is conditioned for one thing. That's for sure. Pretty much, yeah. 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 It's designed over time to go fast in a car. Yeah. yeah. Um, so your your family like you you came from a family of racing and now your family races as well your wife and kids right right I wanted to ask what's is watching one of the or when so when you're watching them race are you a spotter or are you just have a you're obviously part of the crew just a spectator and okay. out of the crew I guess yeah. which who's harder to watch race your kids or your or your wife as far as like a, you know oh, don't crash or you're going too fast it was a neither it's a totally different breed for some reason I'm thinking I'm thinking my wife because my kids that there's really not a lot of expectations and I probably I was going to say his I wife because his kids don't her. know better but his wife should know better <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one and she does she's, she hasn't been racing for the last couple of years but She's better than half of them out there. She, 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 does, she does a really, really good job. I just haven't been able to give her the time that she needs to race on Saturday night. You need you need good help. Right. You need crew members. And for me to be doing my thing and, and supporting to be helping her, time. it's really a lost cause because you can't do it without good help. Yeah. can't do it without a team behind you. And your kids, uh, your kids aren't driving. Like they don't have their license yet, right? No, right. thirteen. Thirteen, but they're driving. You mentioned that they're, you know, they, yeah, they they're excited to go take the trash out because they just want to get in that car, they hear do. that motor turnover. Yeah, yeah. They they both race go karts since they were five. They got, I have twin boys, and they've been racing go karts since they were five. They only raced, you know, maybe a year or so, and then took some time off, and then ran Whiz Kids for a year. But it won't be long, and it'll be full Thursday time. nights. 
It'll be, they'll be. So Thursday night starts at 15 or 16? Uh, 15 with a permit? Permit, you have to have a permit. Any night. You can, okay. A, a, a kid who, a kid at Beechridge, a kid who has his permit, can race any division that he wants. He could race the Pro Series on Saturday night. If they had the cash. If they had. Or the, the car, really. Right. The money to buy, you know, the car and the parts and pieces and. I wouldn't do that himself. With my kids, I mean, some of there's a learning curve, and some kids jump right over it. Some of them have raced since they were five years old until they're 15 years old, and they they're probably some of them that are ready, mm-hmm. and some of them aren't. You know, I'd like for them to start driving something that doesn't handle quite so good, so they can get used to that. And quite frankly, it's expensive as hell. I'm, I'm sure not, I'm not ready to give up my seat anytime. So is it a maturity thing or is it an experience thing, you think? Or a little bit of both? It's got to be both, sure. It's actually a hot topic that's going around the racing world right now. Okay. Because there's down south, there are tracks that will let kids race full-on stock cars at 12 years old or somewhere. On a half-mile track. Half-mile, 130-mile-an-hour track. So they're going... They have no sense of what that can do. So... Some of the kids are conditioned for it. Mm-hmm. Some of the kids are, th- this is the hot topic. Some of the kids are conditioned for it because they've been racing uh, go-karts, bandoleros, legend cars, whatever they can. And then they are i-racing every waking moment they that they can. They have more time to prepare mentally than right. an adult that has a full-time a job, job and so, a family. You know, know, this is so a 20%. Yeah, it's this hot button that's, that's going around. Everybody's got their opinion about about it like me personally I think it's a situational thing you know I don't think it's necessarily you can't say oh this kid's not ready or this kid is it's a situational thing it's like you know each kid is individual yeah it's a case by case our buddy that works on the car with us his son's 16 and he he is mentally able to analyze things that some other 16 year old might not be able to it's a maturity level, and because you get a kid who's 14 and he's racing against a 40-year-old man, and he dumps him. He's in the wall. Right, or, or crashes him, you know, because he loses his cool. Then you get into a hot button because, you know, usually that 40-year-old man's going to go over and get in somebody's face after if, oh, if, if it's an intentional takeout, you know what I mean? Young boy. Yeah. But think of, you know, some of our, I don't know how many teens we have here now, but we've had teens, of, you know, were they ready to get in the meet? We had to know, we had to decide. Right? Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So Beechridge for years has kept it at, you know, that 15-year-old mark, which I think is is good. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, they're, they're, you can go to Wiscasset, which is in, up in northern Maine. Hour away. Yeah. And they, you can do whatever you want, 12, pretty 13, much. So... Gotcha. So, judging by the fact that your father was in an IROC, you were in a Caprice, you're currently <laughs> in a Camaro, you mentioned that you've got some third-gen uh, third Camaros on Thursday Night Thunder, yeah. you probably don't have too many Mustangs at home, probably not too many Fords. Uh, my dad was a big Ford. He man. ran a Mustang last summer, right? He did, yeah. but he was a big Ford man when I was a kid. So that's but what I was going to ask, if that kind of... I can tell if you're a Ford lover... I've probably helped your cause because I've killed many, many Camaros. As far as in my racing days, with the Wildcat days and then the Sports Series. And 
I'm talking from 79, I rock. My dad started with this car. It might have had a little ding in it. It was beautiful. It had every, uh, the lowering flare kits, the fancy grill, and he raced it just the way that it was. And we've stripped, I don't know, at least 25 or 30 Gen 2 Camaros, which are impossible to find now. Some immaculate shape. And then Gen 3, the Caprice, I would have really liked to have kept it, but... You know, come to time, sometimes you got to get rid of that when, when he's talking Gen 2 Camaro, he's talking like 1970. Those uh, are the ones with 70, the yeah. swoop, the the hood isn't flat, or right. is, is it, it's right. that, that kind of detail on the front of it? Yeah, it's from like 70 to early 80s, then like the Gen 3 is like from 85 That's to like nine, 92. Right? Yeah. yeah, okay, but before they were the smooth bodies, kind right. of, they were right. still yeah. the blockish, square yeah. But yeah. That's the, that was the preferred... Uh, front frame setup, and that's what we're using for body panels. So, uh, lots of those guys. There's there's a lot of little intricate things like that. That Gen Two Camaro was originally designed to be like a road course race car. So instantly, it was already made to be a race Turned car. Turned into a GM engineer right. overnight. Didn't you? Yeah, stay, uh, <laughs> I stay just on know Holiday things. Express last night. Hey, I know things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so real quickly before we take off, I'm sure that you guys have some, I know you guys have sponsors, some crew members you want to kind of shout out? Yeah, sure. Of course is uh, my business, which is Top Gun Construction, and uh, we do primarily roofing. Uh, East Coast Communications, they've been with me for a bunch of years now. Uh, Lynn's Spring Service, Twisted Nickels, uh, Redemption, of course, Dynamax. Hey! Right? <laughs> Mad Mike's custom detail. It would have been bad if you forgot that one. I know, it would have been terrible. It wouldn't have been my fault, it would have been my assistant. Greg gets all the blame. B&D Burner Service, uh, Velocity Fabrication, SOS Towing, and uh, it's a distance race chassis. And uh, we, ha I have a ton of crew members. A bunch of these guys have been with me for probably 20 years. Uh, my crew chief this year is going to be Robbie Harrison. And of course, Greg Emerson, the owl, is my spotter. And uh, Scott Lamb is going to be the car chief. David Boucher, uh, Jason Kennedy, which he runs on Thursday night, and his son Wade Kennedy. They'll be racing on Saturday night in a Wildcat this year, which will be really cool. And uh, Garrett Lamb's going to be doing the tires. Tim Bennett, Steve Taylor, Big Ed's my truck driver and the cook. Really. Oldest guy on the cook, team. There's but, a meal every race. But he he works. Truck driver and cook. Yeah, he works his tail off, and he's uh, he's a hard worker and a cool dude. So he runs the the big rig that you ship the you carry the yeah, race car. He in. drives the truck. I I don't have a license to drive it, so it's. He used to drive for Hutchins, which is Hannaford. He yeah. deliver you know groceries or whatever. He's got over a million miles with Hannaford, so. That's crazy. So. And I got Randy Harmon too. I can't yeah. forget Randy. Randy's a big part of the whole. Uh, Wildcat. So this Robbie Harrison, didn't you tell me he's from a big thing down south? Robbie has worked down south for a bunch Some of, of years. Big guys. And now he's been back here and uh, he also crew chief for uh, uh, Garrett Hall this last year. Yeah. Just crew chief for him last weekend actually. He's, now he's his crew chief. And he's going to be crew chief for me on Saturday nights at the Ridge. Yeah. So you've got, uh, when, what, what races do you have coming up? Uh, we have Oxford next weekend. 
Yep. Schedule the fourteenth. Yeah. So what time is what? What time does that start? Well, Saturday is going to be a test session. The race is going to be Sunday, probably noon time. I think I think they start at two. I can two look that up in a second. Okay. I think the gates will open at eight o'clock. Yep. Yeah, we have uh, we start off at Oxford uh, the fifteenth, and then the twenty eighth is the Beechridge Pass race, and the Beechridge Weekly Opener is on the fifth, uh, five five. Night Saturday night. Yeah, I, I, love, I love the night. Yes, yeah. I want to come with you to one of those. We'll so right in the pits. Sweet. I've never been to the pits at Beach Ridge. I've been going there. The I've probably gone to the Beach Ridge fifty times, and I've never been to the ball game. It's it's totally different. Yeah, yeah, it is. Just stay near me, huh? Okay, keep me safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt will protect you. Like uh, racing starts at Oxford next weekend, mm -hmm. uh, the fourteenth, uh, the fifteenth. At 2 p.m., but I mean, we have to like the pit gates open at uh, 8 a.m. We got to be in there 8 a.m. and we got to get the car through tech. Tech opens at 8:30, and then we have a drivers' meeting at 9 o'clock. So it's, those it's all, all day. it's yeah. all scheduled out. It's, it's like it's like the, one of the other federations that checks your belt and your suit and everything. Yes, these guys got same go. thing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, same deal. And last weekend at the Southern race, there was 40 cars to show up. So I think there's one primary tech man and then they get a few guys running the scales and they you know they check you pretty good before the sure. start so so I got two more questions yeah. I don't know if I gave him the right information this is the only NASCAR track in Maine correct? yes yeah yep. and what year did you win that 11 2010 2010 that's a NASCAR championship that's the same stuff on TV there's nothing else in Maine, right? No, nothing else in Maine no NASCAR. every they state they do run a lot of super late model races which is pretty much a similar to our car, like at other tracks in the state of Maine, but it's the only NASCAR weekly racing series. The rest of it is like going to unsanctioned meets. Sure. You Just know? like, a, right. hey, you want an APF or you're going to the backyard open. Right. And then the other question, I already forgot it. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to tell you, Tom. Well, on that note, I appreciate you guys coming. Thank uh, this has been very, uh, I think. Oh, I got it. I'm all sorry. right, let's hear it. Can you tell this guy he had a TV show about this stuff? Can you tell how slick he is? You had a TV show about this? Well, I didn't have a TV show. Well, you were on it. He was a co-host. Could you tell? A TV show with uh, another guy. I could. I could kind of see that the yeah. way that you uh, the way project you yourself. This, yeah. It's just habit. Mainly. mainly what? What was the show? Mainly motorsports. Our buddy actually uh, uh, runs it. He owns it. Is it still on? Yeah, Steve Perry. You're not name. on it anymore. No. Oh. No. How do we tune in? Uh. YouTube actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but it was cool. on TV. Yeah. Because I saw it. It still is. It's on. Uh, it's on Spectrum. Oh, okay. I just don't know what channel. I think okay. it's Channel Nine. But okay. I don't, I'm not sure. Because I used to say I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've cool. got all the the other tracks we travel around to. He's well known. He's no, I'm known everywhere. Nice. Yeah. Very well known. Big name dropping. Name dropping. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it'll get you anything. Uh, but anyways, I really appreciate you guys coming down to talk to us about it. I think it was Thank it's you. an yeah. interesting thing to see how Dynamax and uh, Naughty Forty Racing. I'm telling you that it's, yeah, it's how it interlocks. Yeah. yeah. And so for the listeners out there, I know most of you guys aren't training Saturday nights. Let's go watch some racing. Yeah, and I just want. Are we still on? Yeah, yeah. We gotta thank Matt because Matt, he's provided us with some, you know, some support over the last couple of years. 
what is it like not seven much. now? Yeah, what is it, like yeah. seven years now. Yeah, but it's not much. So he supports <laughs> us, but he does something that like nobody else that supports us does. He comes to the track every yeah. week. He's there. He's, <laughs> he's helping push the car, right? And, and he's he, and that's cooler. You know, yeah. That's he's cooler, he's right? like an un. Unregistered crew member. <laughs> I'm because he, he shows up and he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And we're like, Who's usually we're going out. Yeah. He, by the time he gets there, we're usually going out for a heat or a feature or something. Because sometimes he gets there late. You know, I was and I'm like, the radios are hanging up. I'm gone. You know, so, so I'm gonna be way early this year. And then he's, you know, after just gonna tell him that the race starts an hour early. Yeah. And then, you know. And, you know, Big Ed will have something in the crock pot for dinner, and we usually eat <laughs> afterwards. And it'll be, you know, it could be like, you know, beef stroganoff chili. Mm-hmm. or chili or something. And be like, Matt, you want something? No, 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 I'm good. And then next thing you know, you look, and he's sitting down in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that's awesome. It's cool. Uh, it's cool having him come. And you know, like Dan listed off all the people that help us, and we got to thank all them because, you know, what. Every any support that we get is uh, a bonus, mm-hmm. and you know if anybody's listening and they're interested in it and they want to come check it out, come on out. It, you know, you can check us out on Naughty Forty Racing on Facebook yep. and uh, uh, hit us uh, hit a private message up, and one of us will get back to you, and we'll, we can meet up, and you never know, you know, it could be cool. Next thing you know, you might be a, you might be a part of the crew. Your kid could be racing one of our Thursday guys. There you go. That's awesome. So. Well, thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thank you.